Hey everybody, welcome to the Beautiful Shifts podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Chantel. We're so excited to share with you some inspiring stories. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now it's easier to walk I can see the road before me I am not afraid to fall All right, welcome to the podcast today. Um, We're so excited. We have Brandy with us today. She is a therapist and she actually was my therapist first or initially and I just love Brandy. Um, I've been seeing her for a couple years on and off probably. Right. So she's been awesome. Um, and then I actually recommended her to Chantel recently. Yes. So we, she's basically both our therapists. Yes. <laughs> she's awesome. You guys are going to love her. She's yeah. Got a, just a positive, happy vibe and some good insight. So we're excited to hear from her. Yes. I'm going to read her bio really quick. So, and actually, is it Paterakis? Is that how I say it? It is. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Okay. okay. Brandy Paterakis is a licensed clinical therapist. She graduated from the university of Utah, With a master's in social work, Brandy is certified as a clinical trauma professional as well as a certified sex therapy informed professional. Brandy is the owner of Blue Bee Counseling Services located in South Jordan, Utah, and she brings excitement and passion to the therapy room as she prides herself in providing a genuinely warm and empathetic experience. Brandy has a true love for life. It is apparent in her therapy sessions as she creates a fun, energetic healing environment. Brandy enjoys spending time with her husband of 26 years and her four dramatic young adult teenage daughters. That is <laughs> they, enjoy <true>. being, yes. <laughs> they enjoy being fun and crazy while always looking for projects and activities to do together as a family. Outside of work, Brandy enjoys speaking to large groups, theater, singing, decorating, reading, experiencing strange foods, and exploring the world. So that sounds amazing. <laughs> I love all those things. So, so welcome. Cool. Brandy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I am so excited to be here. Lindsay and Chantel, this is such an honor that you called me to be a part of your podcast. So thank you. Oh, thank you. All right. And we also wanted to include that Brandy started her own podcast recently. So could you share with us what it's called, Brandy? Sure. That's exciting. So we decided, well, my business, I'm an owner of Blue Bee Counseling Services and a lot of my clients that come and see me need a little bit of extra help and some tips and tricks that they can remember. And so we decided to start a podcast. It's called Therapist Table Talk. It's just um, two or three therapists that sit around the table and discuss certain um, concepts or strategies for therapy. We talk about therapeutic interventions, mental health for those people that are struggling and just need a little bit of extra help. So it's not something that replaces therapy, but it definitely is something that can add on to it. It's, it's, um, actually pretty humorous. We banter a lot and we have fun and it's, you can find it on YouTube or also on Spotify right now. So it's a fun thing. So cool. Okay. So Brandy is therapist. really fun. Yeah, yeah. she is fun. <laughs> so Even she's when... fun to watch. She's fun to listen to. I've seen some of the videos and stuff. So, oh yeah. Oh, and your you. t- TikTok, is it TikTok or just reels? Yes. I hired, um, my daughter is my social media manager and she gets me dancing and I'm super uncomfortable dancing in front of people. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I don't you know why. Like I think everyone thinks that. No. Yeah. I'm really good at it, I guess. I'm not. I just make really weird faces and I dance. <laughs> But this is maybe like one of the questions we might get to it, but um, I only dance as a witch at Gardner Village. So you asked me like, what's my interesting thing to get to know me? That yeah, is my yes. interesting thing to get to know me is that. Yeah. Tell us no, more about perfect. that. 
<laughs> so, um, I have a family member that was a part of the witches scene about 16 years ago. And, um, they asked me if I would come and help and I came and helped. And then after that I auditioned on, so you think you're a witch. And I went through this bad beauty pageant of witches and I got put into royalty, which is so super funny. I know I'm a royal, a royalty witch. And then (laughs) after that, it's been so long um, that I started doing a lot of like the trainings and the hirings and helping with manage a bunch of these witches. We have about 23 witches this year at Gardner Village mm-hmm. here in Utah. So it's actually a really fun thing. But when you talk about dancing, I only have ever danced as a witch. So when you're watching my podcasts or my or my um, Instagram or any of the other things, if I ever have to dance, I make really weird facial expressions. So I'm sorry, uh, everybody. <laughs> Your witch side's coming out. Yes. And she is a good witch. We actually took our daughters yeah. to see you. So that Yeah, was awesome. we saw you. And you were you stayed in character. You yes. were very good. <laughs> Thank but, you very much. Yes. She yeah. is my alternate crazy side that comes out every once in a while. So oh, how fun. Always fun to have. Right? Yeah. And that's probably a huge undertaking itself to do all that at Gardner Village. So that's pretty And start your actually. own business and a podcast. Yes. And you've done a lot. Like, that was all I the have, same time. Did we mention my crazy teenage girls and young adults <laughs> that are trying to navigate life? Talk about transitions. Those ones yeah. are really hard. So, oh, yeah. So how mm-hmm. long have you had? Blue Bee Counseling is just a few months. Yes. So I just started like back in, in September and yeah. things have been going really well. Right now is a great timing for mental health. Um, everybody seems to be really struggling. And so a lot of my clients, um, that were with me at South point, um, found me and decided that they wanted to follow me over there. And so, uh, luckily for me, I was able to keep a lot of my clients. Um, and then I found through, um, my daughter doing the social media that a lot of new ones, which has been great. And so it's been really, it's been a great transition. It was a great time to start a new business right in the thick of, of this mental health, you know, pandemic that we're having right now where everyone is struggling. Well, it's so hard to get into a therapist a lot of times because they are Mm -hmm. so backed up. So if you're opening, have openings, then go to brand. Yes. Which is, it's kind of funny because we tried to rack our thoughts on like a name for it. And we came up with blue B counseling services, but sometimes you can hear it and it sounds like booby. So it's actually, (laughs) Everyone out there, I know that it sounds like booby, and we can help you with those too. You have problems with your boobies, you come and talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> At least it could stay in someone's head that way. Like they're, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I'll remember that. Yeah. Booby, so booby so I actually never thought of that, in. but now I'm never going to not think of that. So right, I know. I'm sorry, and everybody that's listening to this and watching this video is going to be like, oh geez, no. oh geez. No. <laughs> Oh, You'll just it. see. Brandy's a lot of fun, so go to her. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> we have a lot of fun on our mind. So and and yeah, we, yeah. we might dance. So, you yeah, know, yeah. With weird dance. facial expressions when you come in. Yeah. So why did you choose blue bee counseling? Yeah. So I have had this fascination with these blue carpenter bees, and they are just fantastic. And I think that life is, like, supposed to be enjoyed, and there needs to be a little bit of smile. And that right there, there was a time when, like, things became a little bit hard. And, you know, we were struggling through the pandemic of of what was happening in the 2020s. And so I 
was just searching online and I came across these blue bees and they made me smile and I became so happy. And I would look at them almost every day online just to kind of like decompress and watch them as they did their little bee thing that they do. And I just thought, you know, that is just such a beautiful thing for a practice. And so we had this artist make up a beautiful logo for us. And it was just incredible, the artwork that was there. And it just, when me and my daughter were trying to come up with something, because eventually we're hoping that she can, you know, come into the practice someday, because she's also going to be a therapist. She's in the school at the University of Utah right now. And so we decided on this one and it was just makes us smile and we giggle a little. And then now we get to add in booby. It just makes us really so so refined. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. That is so good. All right. Um, I love it. So, all right. So maybe give us a little short summary of the life transition that you want to talk about today. I think the most, as I was thinking about this, I think that the most important life transition that I've had to go through was one of a mental health, which is interesting because I'm a therapist, right? And so this one is a personal transition, which I found very fascinating. Um, so to set the stage a little bit, I am of um, I am one of two other girls in my family and a brother, and we lived here in South Jordan. My family is consisted of all sorts of different trades. Like um, I have beauticians in my family. Uh, there's you know my uh, brother owns his own business with heating and air conditioning, like a lot of trades that are out there, plumbing, um, all sorts of different ones anyway, and firemen, paramedic, that sort of thing. And so in my process of going through this, um, I tried to, my youngest baby decided that she, well, she finally turned the age of five, which is every mother's worst nightmare and blessing at the same time when they get to take their last child to school. And so she decided, or she didn't decide, but she got to go to kindergarten. And I thought, what am I going to do with the rest of my day? And I was putting my husband through pharmacy school and I always kind of just joked with him like, Hey, when you're done, it's my turn. Like you get to take me to school now. And, and so we kind of laughed about that. Ha ha ha. But I was never like, I was never smart enough. Like I never, when I went to high school or middle school, like I got good grades, but they were like, kind of like I tried, but I didn't really try. I didn't really love school. It was not my thing. And all of a sudden, um, I started just getting these feelings like I needed to go back to school. And it kind of actually shocked the heck out of me because um, I wasn't prepared for that. And I didn't really feel like that's my pathway that I needed to go. But as time kind of went on and I started getting like, like spiritual things started happening. And then like all of a sudden you get those mellers in the mail that all talk about education. And then you're hearing on everything on TV and the news and everything is about education. And I started getting like that heart attack, like happening when you start knowing that you need to go back to school. And so that's kind of what started it for me. And I just thought, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Cause I am just not smart enough. Um, my, none of my family has ever done anything like this. Nobody has had a college degree, maybe something very simple like a trade or, you know, a little bit of a, a certificate. And so it kind of was a shock to my family. And when I told them, oh, I think I might be going back to school. And my mom is super embarrassed about this. So when she listens to this, mom, I'm sorry. But like, she got to, you're welcome, everyone. But she got to the point where she's like, oh, no, you don't need to, you don't, 
you don't need to go to college. Like, just go. You you do a really good job at decorating. Like, go be a decorator. That's a great idea. You can get a little certificate in decorating or whatever, you know. And I, I was like, no, mom, I think I need to go, like, be a therapist. Like, I'm really good at talking to people and I can empathize really well. And I just know this is the right way I need to go. And so it took me a lot of convincing. And finally, I just had to be like, I'm going back to school. And so I woke up one morning after having these terrifying dreams of with another woman that I was sitting on a couch with talking with her. And I had this dream repeatedly. And um, she told me that I was the only one that could have ever helped her in this dream of mine. I know whether you believe in dreams or not, this kind of set the stage for it. But I had this dream. And finally, one day, I just woke up bawling. And I'm like, I have to go back to school. And my husband's like, no, you don't. You're fine. And I'm like, no, really. I have to go back to school. And finally, after hearing this so many times from me, he's like, get in the car and I'll take you then. And he's really embarrassed to hear that, too, because now he's so <laughs> such a nice, supportive guy. And so he took me to school. And I signed up for classes. And I went on my journey of like eight years of starting from bare minimum. Cause I do not know math. I knew nothing. So I had to start all the way from scratch. And oh, so, wow. and I did That's it really cool. and now I, I am here and I made it. And so I think my transition was the process of like learning what it meant to be good enough, learning what it meant to be smart enough, learning what it meant to be like, um, worthy, learning what it meant to be like, helpful, like, um, recognizing how I can be like, I am a value. And I think that that was like the biggest transition of my entire life. And now I have set a stage. I have a master's degree. I'm the first one in my family to get a master's degree for generations on both sides of my family. Yay for me. Like, this is awesome. awesome. Congratulations. That's so cool. So cool. And so now I've set that for my own girls as like, no, you are smart enough and you can go to school. So it's been like a really, really cool journey to recognize my value that I have to add to not only my life, but my girls' lives as well. That is yeah, so that's beautiful. Yeah. I ha- I didn't know that you started from scratch. Like, so you didn't have your undergrad yet and you just did all that. Like, I mean, that's, that's dedication yeah. and that's amazing. I yeah. admire, have a ton of admiration for that. Yeah. It's really cool. And I can relate to that dropping off my last kid at kindergarten. I was like, Oh man. Yeah. I love being a stay mom, life? but now I want to do something. So what am I going to do? So I think that's very common, especially in Utah mm-hmm. where women are like, okay, I want to, I want to contribute. I want to have something that, you know, makes me feel good about myself or have confidence. So I think that's so great that yeah. you even, you know, you questioned whether you were smart enough or you could do that, but that's so cool that you're like, you know what, but I have to do it anyway and I'm going to do it. And then I'm sure you realize, oh, I am smart enough. I do, you know, I can do this. And that's so cool. Yeah. And, such and a that good was like so, so mind blowing for me. Like that was the part that like shook me, I think was like that moment when I like, I started passing my tests and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, guess what? Like I passed my test. Like this is incredible. Like, and then another test I'd pass. And then all of a sudden I had my associate's degree and I'm like, okay, everyone, here we go. Like nobody gets into this program. It's at the U and it's so hard to get into for the social work program. Like, and I'm going to put in and like everyone, like this is going to be, I'm probably not going to get it. So I might need like family and friends because nobody gets in. And I got right in. So cool. Like, wow. And I got right into like the intensive masters 
program, which is really hard to get in because they have a two-year and a one-year. And who doesn't want the one-year, right? I put in for the one-year and I was like, Oh, you did the one-year. This is like, okay. And sure enough, I got it. And I was like, what? No. Like, it was like shock. Like, I couldn't. Like, it was like this journey of recognizing like, oh my gosh, I'm good enough. And then every day that I'm sitting in with my clients and they're going through these really, really hard transitions and these really hard things. And I, there's times when I seriously feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. Right. And to have to actually be like, I don't know if I'm smart enough to like have what it takes to help you. And I really have to like, sometimes pull out my big girl pants and be like, no, that's a lie. Like that's a lie that I'm telling myself over and over and over. And and I had to like catch myself in that lie and be like, no, I am good enough. I am smart enough. I have what it takes. And, and I'm going to do this. And, and it's a miracle. Cause as you guys know, like sitting there all of a sudden, like it does, it comes back to my mind and I have these thoughts and I'm able to help my clients. And I do a really good job at navigating their lives. To that. You totally do. And what I love about you is I like, I'll be telling you something or you'll, you'll be talking and all of a sudden you will, you'll say this profound thing that I never thought of like thinking of it then that way, but you just have a really amazing way with words and you're super smart. And anyway, I just, I think it's so interesting, just this message of like, we, this self doubt, but I would never look at you and think that you had self doubt because to me, you're just an amazing therapist, an amazing person. So even someone like you came from a place of self doubt and look what you've done. So, yeah, and it does, it's, so it's cool. not like it doesn't affect me every day. Like it does, it affects me every day. You know, I, oh, there's constantly where I feel like I'm hitting the sucker button, like sucker, you know, but I have to realize that everybody feels this way. It's not just me. And so I find it very fascinating and interesting that like, I have to call out those lies and really go with it and be like, no, that's not true. I am good enough. And I've helped so many people now over the last many years that I've been doing therapy that I can like sit back and say, no, there's proof. There's proof. Like people are off my schedule because I really have helped them and they've, and I've said things that they can help themselves. Right. And so it's like a, a really good thing to recognize. Yeah. It made me think of just the, you know, the phrase imposter syndrome. I mean, I think (laughs) Lindsay and I had it going into this, like what makes us think we can do a podcast? And it's like, well, we won't know until we try. And I'm sure everybody goes through that. And so I thought of that, um, therapist or what's his no he's like a who is it Adam Adam Grant Grant. well he's like an organizational psychologist I think and so he yeah Yeah. so I thought of I remember seeing one of his posts but it said imposter syndrome is I don't know what I'm doing it's only a matter of time until everybody finds out that I'm you know I'm an imposter Mm -hmm. but the growth mindset is I don't know what I'm doing yet it's only a matter of time until I figure it out the -hmm. highest form of self-confidence is believing in your ability to learn I thought that was so good and then he says Imposter syndrome is a paradox. Others believe in you. You don't believe in yourself, yet you believe yourself instead of them. If you doubt yourself, shouldn't you also doubt your judgment of yourself? Mm-hmm. When multiple people believe in you, it might be time to believe them. So, That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think yeah. he has such, I mean, I think he has like seven other quotes about he has that. So but... good. Yeah, but that. Is totally applicable to your story. So that's and we, really cool. none of us will know until we try. And, yeah. you know, and I think it's easy to be like, I'm not smart enough. I you know, don't have, I don't have, I don't know. I don't have the strength. I don't have the whatever, but Mm -hmm. yes, totally. So I, that's a good example. And just, so thank you for sharing. Yeah. I love that. There was like, there was this process that I kind of learned in going through school 
I read this book on self-esteem and it, it kind of took me out to left field and it had a lot to say about a lot of things. But as I kind of like tried to dumb it down a little bit for my own sake, I came across three concepts of self-esteem that I thought was like, is critical for everyone to like navigate and learn. And it's not even just self-esteem, but it's also self-worth, right? Cause it can be a little bit different, but, um, the first one is recognizing that, um, like you're human and that you're going to make mistakes. And that's really important to navigate and recognize that because if you can recognize you make mistakes, then you can go on a pathway to change, which is really cool. And then the second one is celebrating everything. And so, um, even the small things, cause sometimes I think, Oh, well, when this big thing happens, I'll celebrate it. But we have to remember that like, we shouldn't wait for those things big things. We need to celebrate even the small little things that get us from point A to maybe even a partial way to point B. And then the third thing is to recognize your value. And that right there is one of the hardest things because we can tend to put other people down to make ourselves feel better. And we can like do these really, we can like look at the future and say, Oh, I just am not good enough to get there. And I, and we go into the, I'm nots and the shoulda, coulda, what is, and the, you know, all of those, those places that just are so self-defeating. And I think that it's fascinating that once I recognize those three concepts and recognize that they don't just, they don't just apply to me, but they apply to how I look at other people as well, that I need to celebrate other people's successes. I need to recognize that they're human and give empathy to them. And then I also need to recognize and give value to other people and that no matter what they do to me or how hurtful they are, if I can recognize that they have value, it really helps that forgiveness process or the, even the acceptance of allowing them to be who they need to be. Not that it's all right or okay, but that I can, I can navigate that in a healthy way that's healthy for me. So they don't have power over me. And once I got there and got out of my own way, those things really made a difference. And so that's kind of like my pathway that really helped me recognize, you know, that, that self-esteem and self-worth was really what mattered. And once I started watching those, then I could watch that all the time, you know, and then be like, Ooh, I need a, here I am. I'm back in that trap again. And then gratitude, pulling myself out with gratitude. That's so cool. I don't know if you remember, but I'm pretty sure like we talked about those three things in one of my sessions. Well, I'm sure you've talked about them. I'm sure you wouldn't remember those probably a long, long time ago. But I actually like typed those up and hung them on my pantry door for a little while mm -hmm. to talk with my kids about because I thought they were so good. So we'll have to maybe get the name of that book from you and put it in the show notes at the end in case people want to read more about that. But I love those concepts. And I love how you say like we can apply it to ourselves, but other people too. Yeah. And Anyway, celebrate our own wins, celebrate others, and then just how it all just kind of yeah. ties back to self-esteem and self-worth. Right, and give that. ourselves grace and other people's yes. grace when we're not, yeah, you know, when, when we make not. mistakes or when yes. we're, you know, just Exactly, yeah. and in this book, it defines it, but it defined it so broad that it was so hard to, like, teach my clients. So I had to come up, I figured that, okay, these are the three things that it's basically talking about, and that's where everything pretty much... Right. Over the span of like doing therapy, I found that they fall into those three areas right there. And so, and if not, then great. Tell me a fourth one. I'd love to hear it. But most of them <laughs> I find usually ends yeah. up in one of those three areas. Yeah. yeah. So many things That's to great. apply to life. That's so cool. Okay. Well, maybe going back to your personal transition a little bit more, like we've kind of talked about the challenging aspect. Well, actually, I'd love to hear a little bit more about just the logistics of that. Cause I mean, 
you're going back to school full time. Yeah, your kids are in school all day, but I mean, was that super challenging to try to balance all yeah, of that? Yeah, I mean, now your husband's probably, now he's done with his schooling, so he's working full time. Yeah. And then it, you learn really quickly if, if, when you try to be a working mom, like all the same stuff is still there. Laundry, school activities, sports, cleaning, like grocery shop, all the stuff's still there. You're just adding this schooling or this job on top of it. Like, right. yeah, how did you manage yeah. that or... Yeah, that was that was really quite fascinating because right in the middle of this timing, um, I am terrible at math and really bad. In fact, they actually tell us you're going into the right field if you're terrible at math because social work is not for <laughs> math mean, lovers. Math. It were we write tons of papers. Yeah. So if you love writing papers, then great. But if you love math, you're probably in the wrong field. And so I was kind of like, yes, I'm in the yeah. right area. Like this is great. But the problem with it is, is that. Um, because of this, I had to get through some areas of math that was really difficult. And so right during this time, and this is another interesting fact about me, my father is, he went to 9-11 and he was one of the Utah task force one that was, um, called to go back to 9-11 to help as, uh, not necessarily to help save people because there was no hopes of people being saved because it was two weeks after the rubble came down. Um, but he was sent back to find body parts or like, and so there was such a stench in the air that it caused him to get really sick. Um, in this process, he ended up years later coming down with pancreatic cancer. And during the time that I was going to school, he actually passed away. And so there were some critical moments in there when we found out that he had cancer that I, it was so distraught um, and hard because you don't want to hear that anybody has cancer, but when you hear someone has pancreatic cancer, the likeliness of them coming or pulling through is so small. And so I knew I was going to be losing my father and talk about another transition that was really fun. And so during that part, that's when I had to be like, okay. And so my, I went and talked to my teachers and they gave me extensions on my, on my math assignments. And that's what got me through my math. And then because of that, I knew my dad was not doing too good. I went and talked to the people that were living next door to my mom because I loved their house. They have a swimming pool. They would always swim in it. So it was like this beautiful home, open floor plan, exactly what me and my husband were looking for and um, on a half an acre. And so we were like, oh, this is perfect. You know, we can have like this fun backyard and a place to socialize and have fun. And it's also next to my mom. And so because we knew my dad was going to pass away. And so that's what saved me. That's what really helped me is being with next door to my mom. My mom would help me take my kids everywhere. She would help motivate my kids to clean the house or to pick up. She would, we actually did this thing where she cooked twice a week and I cooked twice a week. And so that really was the part that like helped me navigate through schooling. And plus like my kids were kind of a little bit older by the time I did a lot of online schooling. By the time I actually started going to the U bachelor's or master's program, most of my kids were pretty self-sufficient. They could come home on their own. We live really close to the high school and middle school and elementary. They could all walk to school, walk home. So it, it was really, really helpful that life just kind of set itself up in a way that made it feasible for me to be able to go to school. Plus my husband being a pharmacist, he has pretty much one week on, one week off. So that was really helpful too. That is wow. helpful. So not that this is part of the story, but I remember you mentioning this once. You believe that, or they believe, or whatever, that your dad got cancer because of going to help 
with 9-11. Yeah, so the toxins from all of those chemicals that fell. Oh, wow. And they actually have a big, huge, um, a big, huge memorial all around the country. There's multiple of them where there's still people that are dying from 9-11, like currently right now. Um, a lot of the people that came over and helped, a lot of the movie stars um, that came over and helped or, or came over and wanted to be a part of some of that rescue mission, all of them have cancer or something hurtful. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's this, it's this wow. terrible thing that is still happening. Even today, people are falling wow. and dying. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Both Lindsay and I this year both went to the 9-11 Memorial yeah. in Newark City this year. And I mean, it is like a gut-wrenching mm-hmm. experience just remembering that day, but then thinking how, yeah, the sad that is that there's still effects from that day 21 years ago or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. But that's so great that you're able to buy the house next to your mom and you were there for her and she was there for you. And Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so in your dad, I mean, I'm assuming it was a pretty fast, like, once he was diagnosed, it, I mean, was the progression pretty fast with the disease? Yeah. So it was pretty much mm. by the time he started seeing symptoms, it was about a year later he passed. Mm. And so, but he started getting really sick fast and he was like pretty much down in bed by like, we found out about March and he was down in bed by like probably September. Wow. That's hard. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. And yeah, it does. It's just crazy, like the after effects of that whole thing. And I know I have this new just kind of perspective on after visiting the memorial. But you don't think of those people that came from all over the country, too. You're thinking mostly of New Yorkers. and Yeah, you think of the immediate day, right? You think of the immediate day, not Captain Robin Pilcher from South Jordan, you know, who was part of the Utah Task Force One. Like, you just don't think about that. And so. Yeah, Totally. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, but yeah, that's really great that your mom was able to be there for you. And that's, that's, yeah. So talk about transitions, right? Like there was major transitions that happened all right there. Cause my daughter, I became empty household with kids. My dad passed away. My mom became a single mom. We were going through the mourning process. I was going through school. It was, there was, my husband is you know, new at this pharmacy job thing. Like there was a ton of transitions that kind of happened all at once. And life does that life throws them at you all at once sometimes. And it's hard. Yeah. Your transition that you chose to go back to school and then all of those involuntary ones Mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. Kind of on top of it. So through it. Yeah. And I think that's one thing we've learned. I remember when we talked about doing this podcast, we were like, well, will will there be enough transitions to talk about people? And now we're like, life (laughs) is, life is a giant transition, you know, whether it's, yeah, something you choose or something you don't choose. Um, so there's tons, endless topics almost for the podcast, but then endless things for you to help people within your therapy, because it's probably a lot of, a lot of what you do help people with is, you know, going through these voluntary and involuntary things. So it is, it's interesting. When I was thinking about transitions, I was also thinking like, we think about the normal ones, like a new job or moving, you know, into a new home, graduating from high school, like getting married, like having kids, right? We think about these normal transitions or, you know, that naturally kind of happen in our life. But we sometimes forget that also a transition, it can be also a change of heart, like believing in something and changing your belief system or changing and believing something different Mm -hmm. or going in a new direction with how you want to navigate things just a little bit differently. And so like changing from like a big home to a small home, 
you know, or letting go of, you know, having the control over your children to like letting your children have to navigate their own life now once they turn 18 and move out of your house, right? Like those are huge yeah. transitions yeah. too. And so, which by the way is crazy because that's like the number one thing that I get that comes into my office as a big transition or one of the hardest transitions is these newlyweds that are trying to navigate this new life together and how to like incorporate new families into that. Um, you would not believe how many people come in and talk about like, I have to figure out how to navigate this new direction with anxiety from my new husband's family like, <laughs> and the way that they think things yeah. are right. And the way that I've been raised with things that are right and having to come up with that new way that's right for the two of us together it's, it's difficult. Yeah. That that's is... a good point. Yeah. And that's something that so many of us face and that there it is. Like you're choosing obviously to get married and it's a happy thing, but then it comes with its challenges. So right. it comes with the package of in-laws. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the different ways that, Which yeah, they've be, been yeah. raised and the experiences yeah. that they have had and you have had that are yeah different and your siblings. I mean, everything is, yeah. Yeah. And not that you necessarily, you might really love your in-laws, but it's just different. Like there's different, yeah, different family dynamics, different values, maybe that, you know, were placed before others that you were raised with. So I always laugh like the one, like I was just so grateful. Santa does not wrap presents when I was growing up. And in my husband's home, Santa did not wrap presents, but my sister-in-law and her husband, that's like one of their big things. Santa wrapped everything in his house. And she's like, no, it's a, it's a display. You, you know, you come just little things where you're like, how do we compromise on this? Like you wrapped every giant, small, big present, no matter what it was wrapped. And, you know, my sister was like, no, it's a display from Santa. It's not wrapped. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Cause we wrap and we both oh, do. do, but luckily and we both, we both do, but yeah. it's every Christmas. So I'm work. not even joking. We're up to like 3am wrapping. And yeah. every year I say last year, we're ever doing this and <laughs> we do it. We leave it to last minute and you're wrapping all and night exhausted Christmas day. Yep. yep. <laughs> but yeah, and those funny. are like the, <sighs> the smaller ones that we have to deal with. But then you want to start talking about like vaccinations <laughs> oh, this is fun. or like uh, yeah. government yeah. issues or like, <laughs> or belief systems with political parties. Woo. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just kind of maybe assume if you've grown up in the same area and somewhat the same way, you have the same belief system. But yeah, if you start getting into those issues and then, okay, how are we going to teach our children this? Like, yeah. what perspective are we going to give them if you have this belief, you know, even religion, politics? Yes. Yeah. Vaccination. Oh my gosh. I hadn't thought about that. Like the last couple of years, all these poor people getting married. No wonder why you have a ton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that alone, that alone with this political climate and COVID and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially having the extended, and I think it's so, um, it's just so intense when people really believe. So if you did marry into a family that was opposite, oh yeah, it'd be like, okay, how do I even? Well, and how do you try to see their perspective with like empathy and understanding if you just totally think differently yes. about it? You know, that would be really hard. Yes. And you have the, yeah. and then also on top of that, maybe you've been raised with rigidity and a lack of empathetic Not beliefs towards, yeah. you know, seeing another perspective from another point of view. And that can be really hard because then you feel the need to yeah. educate, teach and conform. And if we get into that, then we have some yeah. issues and that's when it becomes difficult is relaxing some of those and being like, okay, but this is at that at the worth of losing family or having like relationship distress Right. And so, and if we have a relationship yeah. distress, does that really do a service? Is it worth your marriage? 
you know, or is it worth the relationship yeah. you have with your in-laws or with your, your, even your own grandkids or with your, you know, daughter or son-in-laws. And so it can be, it can be very sticky. Right. Oh, yeah. Cause even if you decide, okay, I'm going to be accepting of their belief system or their politics or whatever the subject is. But if they're not reciprocating that, you can't control that. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being there for all these newlyweds. It's so yeah. hard. And a lot of people believe that they, they, their way is right. We all do, right? Mm, yeah. Because it's right mm-hmm. for us, but we always yeah. put yeah. it upon other people that it's right for them too because it's right for us. And that becomes really difficult, seeing a different perspective yeah, that on that. Big. And changing our glasses. Like I think we wear the same glasses all growing up, and it's like taking those glasses off and allowing like us to see things from a different viewpoint. That maybe yeah. it's not all black or white. Maybe there is a little gray in there. Yeah, I still like it's come up a lot of times in our interviews. Just I always the be curious, not be you know, don't be judgmental. Be curious, yeah. and so yeah. that helps you be okay. Why do they think this way? I want to be curious about their mindset. Not that you have to agree, mm-hmm. but that just you can see where they're coming from, and just that understanding can really help a relationship or mend it or have it be able to be possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think too, I I know Adam Grant's had a lot of good quotes about this too, but it's like listening, kind of like what you're just saying, like listening to understand instead of listening to go back with your point, with your perspective, like listening for the break in the conversation so you can make your point, which is so easy and natural to do. But like instead, you know, and maybe only giving your input if, you know, if you feel like that perspective's maybe add harmony or peace to the conversation, not more not division, division mm-hmm. but it's, it's hard with these touchy. I talk. love that. And I love thinking about it, like having a heart of peace, not a heart of war, you know? Cause if I go into the, yeah. if I go into it with a heart of war of trying to conform, change, like educate, redirect, then I'm going to probably hurt people's feelings. And they're probably going to set up some walls. That's going to be really hard for me to connect with and have a relationship with them. And so being able to like take that down and setting some boundaries for myself as well as like setting and, and having, you know, being honorable to other people's boundaries on that and recognizing like that might not be the best place to hold those kind of viewpoints because they're not being heard anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like better conversations that can be had or if you're going in to listen not to convince you know if you're just not going in okay I'm going to convince them of this and my side's right my whatever but if you just go in listening to their perspective then you said go in with peace and not war then it can be a better conversation yeah one thing that's helped me too with that is remembering that we have more in common than we think Mm -hmm. like realizing even if we have different views on like like one that comes up is like gun control, you know, but really we probably have similar values around that. Like we don't want people to get hurt and we, we want safety in yes. those, in those areas. But so instead of like looking at like the little things like, Oh, well you believe in, you know, this or this and you want this gun and you know, and, and it can cause so much division, but in, instead of being like, I think that we both want the mm-hmm. same thing. It's just said differently, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. just look at like, actually, there's probably a very, very few things that we don't agree on with this. There's a few things that we might not, but overall we both kind of, we want safety. We want, you know, so anyway, it's helped me, I guess, just look for our, com- what is it? Commonalities or our similarities rather than our differences in like these views. Cause really we have more in common than we probably realize. Mm-hmm. So anyway, looking for the, for our common goals and, and values and stuff. But yeah. anyway, um, after going to school and going through this transition, cause now you're past it, you have your own company. Mm-hmm. 
you know, your own business? What are some life perspectives or lessons that you could share that could help others? I think that this one is, is good because I found a level of empathy for others that has really helped me in my therapeutic practice because now I have this piece of understanding of what it feels like to have that imposter syndrome or to recognize that I might not be good enough or feel good enough and recognize the lies. Like we're constantly always telling ourselves lies all the time and how to like navigate and get out of that. And that's something that I can teach my clients, you know, very easily how to do because I was also there. And so I know what it feels like. And, um, it's interesting because, you know, we, we ha- I had to make a lot of different choices along the way. And along the way, sometimes I made some mistakes. And so learning some of that as well, you know, I can have the empathy of, of being human and, and recognizing that and then saying, ooh, you're human. Okay, that's good. Like recognizing you're human. Oh, good. Good job. You recognize you're human. Like, that's awesome. You know, and now, okay, what do we do about it now that you know? And I talk about this a lot of time in my offices is like for myself, I had to have that awakening. I had to open my eyes and recognize, whoa, I am good enough. And I can make these transitions in life that are like really great transitions. Once I put aside the lies or I put forth the courage to just try because, and that's one of the things that I thought is really interesting is, is if I don't try, then I've already failed. And so I took that along with me as well into like, my new stretch forward in this new transition. Well, okay, all I can do is try, you know, guess what? I'm going to wake up and tomorrow's still going to be tomorrow. And whether I go to school or I don't go to school, it's still tomorrow. So if I go to school, maybe in a couple tomorrows from now, I'll be done with school, but life's going to go on no matter what I either do it or I don't do it. And so those are kind of some things that like I've learned along the way that has really helped me. And I put them into my practice, which has helpful. I think another thing too is watching for the second thought. And this is kind of a big one, I think, is like I found that I always think, ooh, I want to go to school. Ooh, but I don't have time. You know, oh, I should do that like laundry, right? <laughs> I should go in there and do that laundry. Oh, well, I'll still be there tomorrow. I'll be fine. Like I have to watch out for that second thought because that second thought is nasty. That little that little jerk, like whatever that second thought is, like ruins my life a lot. And so I have to, I have to be like, Oh, that second thought, like, and I kind of visualize her as like myself inside. And she's like, this person's like lounging around on the couch, eating bonbons and watching like Hallmark movies, which is really awesome right now. I totally want to do, but she's like, Oh, you'll be fine. She's like, why are you so worried about it? She's got like this attitude, you know, like you're so dumb. Like she shames me all the time, you know? Stop it. Cheese brandy. Well, it's going to be there tomorrow anyway. Like, you know, oh, you want to take your kids to go do something fun? That's cute. We know what you're really going to do. You're going to really sit down with me and watch Hallmark videos. Like, so I have to like, I have to call her out. And once I can call her out, then I'm like on a gold stretch. Like, I just have to recognize that she's there. And then once I recognize that she's there sitting on the couch, I'm like, oh, I'm not listening to that chick on the couch right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. The second yeah. thought. I That's really a good like one. that. Yeah, I was saying, yeah. We all have that. Yeah. Yeah. But going with your first thought, because maybe that's your more true thought. Like, is that kind mm-hmm. of what you, what you kind of teach around that? Yeah. Or maybe I think what so. you're, and you're most true. Of the time, and I'm like, you know, be, there's going to be times when your first thought might be more negative towards yourself and you really have to work on that first thought and change it to be more of a, a better thought. But I think we all know when those thoughts come up. 
Right. You know, we all are our own personal best expert inside us. And so if we can tap into that best expert of what's really going to be good for our own self, that can be really helpful. So I just say most of the time, yeah, I watch for that second thought. Unless the first thought is is naughty or not nice or yeah. mean, then I'm like, don't listen to that one. Yeah. And go to your second one, right? But most of the time, it's the second thought that usually you have to watch out for. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. I'm just thinking, you know, you going through what you did, just like the self-doubt and thinking, I can't do this. I'm not smart enough to do it. But then there you are all the way to your master's degree, starting from scratch, doing it while you had kids, losing your dad. I mean, all these things like it's got to be so helpful in your practice when you're talking to others going through probably very, very often same type of things. I mean, we all, I lost my mom, people lose their parents, people choose something that's hard, like going back to school with kids or, you know, whatever's going on that you can give them such good life perspective because of your experience that you can relate to them, you know, with that empathy and with that understanding that you do sometimes listen to that second thought instead of the first one and that you had some of your self doubt, but yet you started listening to the voice that was more like, Oh wait, I did just get into this program and I did just pass this test and I can do this. Like, why can't I do this? Of course I can. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's just awesome. Love yeah, it. That's really cool. Thank you. Did you have, we mentioned on here, maybe sharing a favorite quote. Do you have a quote? Um, well, the one that I love and I don't even know if it's like an actual quote or not, but, and it might even be self-made. I have no idea where it's even at, but I just use it a lot, which is that if I don't try, then I have failed already. And that's the one that I use a lot in my thoughts because that's what kind of gets me through uh, finding the cur- the courage inside myself to be courageous to try new things. And so I use that one to be like, well, I guess if I if I try and I fail, then maybe I'll have some different ways of doing it so I won't fail again, you know? And so that's the main one that like I go to a lot. Right. And that reminds me of a, my daughter, Whitney, that played soccer. She had a quote. Um, in her room for a long time that you miss all the shots you do not take. Yeah. So it reminds me of Luke that. Luke has that in his room. Yeah. Like, of course, of course you're not going to score a goal or of course you're not going to graduate from college if you don't try or if you don't, yep. you know, whatever, you know, submit a art project or whatever it is you're doing. If you don't try. Yes. Start a podcast, right? Start a podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Those feelings yeah. that's there of the inadequacy of starting a podcast, right? Or dancing on social media. Oh, gosh like seriously it's one of those things that it does you have to have the courage you have to be courageous and you have to like if if I never would have done that I would never be here right now you know and if I would have if I would have always fell into my fears I would have never went back to school and I wouldn't have been able to help all these people that I've been able to help like and so courage it takes a ton of courage but yes I have to like if I don't try it then I have failed already but if I right. try it, then there's a possibility I might do a slam dunk on that one. Right. And I've and done like a lot said, of slam dunks, which is awesome. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. And if you fail sometimes, it's like the learning process. Like you said, okay, now I'm going to adjust how I went about that. And maybe the next time I'm not going to fail because yeah. I adjusted or I practiced yes. or whatever. Even like making the goal, like, you know, shooting a goal mm-hmm. in soccer. Like, oh, I just should have shot with my left instead of my right or whatever. The analogy could be, but that you can always pick yourself up and try again. Yeah. I love that. And the one thing that I also noticed too, is I have to say, I have this, this other little quote that goes inside my mind that says, I don't recognize that I've succeeded until I get one hurtful comment that comes back that says I didn't. <laughs> so like the go. first day, you guys, I launched my practice and my website was still like working on being up, but we started 
pushing social media for my website to get clients. The first day, you guys, the first day I got a comment back that says, well, you're not a very good therapist because you don't have your website up. Oh gosh. And I was like, if that's all it took to be a good therapist, then I've, I'm going to hit this out of the park. You're going to prove them wrong. This has nothing to do with As you guys know, you probably, I mean, what you have to watch for those hurtful comments that come in that say you're inadequate and not good enough, you know, and they're going to come. And so I had to like have some acceptance in my heart of that, of like, okay, I'm starting my podcast, like therapist table talk. We're going to be sitting around the table. We're going to be talking about things. There's going to be things that are going to be a little bit hard to hear and they're going to be, you know, they're going to hit people differently or they might hear things differently than what I'm meaning to really say. And for those people, they might make a comment. And so then I have to be like self-love, like my intentions are good. My intentions are good. And if they don't see my intentions as good, then that's not my problem. That's a them problem, you know, and I'm just doing the best I can. Yeah, putting something out there, anybody these days, you are vulnerable to haters or people that aren't very kind or very nice, and you have to, you know, be ready for that. And that's part of the, you know, you being out on somewhere someone can leave a comment, there's going to be a bad one. I mean, some of like the best podcasts or book reviews I've seen, I'm like, wait, they even got a one star and they even got a rude comment. Like, I mean, I have a friend that played professional baseball and he was on Twitter and he was, he was literally retired and he'd still get hate on there for games that he, they thought he didn't do well. He should have done this. He should have done that. And he's like, I can't do anything. I mean, I'm not even playing baseball and they're still, you know, at me, like coming after me. And I had someone tell me, if you listen to the idiotic things people tell you, then you're being the idiot. Like, like, (laughs) you know, just being really bold. New mantra right there. Yeah. If you know your heart and you know what you're trying to do and you know, like you said, your motive and you're, Mm -hmm. you're just trying to help people. Why would someone yeah. want to be negative yeah, and come at you? Yeah. And so you have to, yeah. Yeah. If you Prove can them. like keep your, your mindset and your goals in mind. And if people come out and I've also heard like also just, and I think this is really hard, but just accepting that like, not everyone's going to love me, you know, Where <laughs> right. I can't remember who said that too, but, but that's really so hard, hard. But just telling them like, I might not be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay <laughs> too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, when I think about something like a podcast, like, yeah, not everyone might not like our style or like listening to us. Right. And that's okay too. Yeah. We don't need know? everybody. To, yeah, yeah. That's all right. We're doing we only want we, the people that really like enjoy, it to listen. Actually, truly. <laughs> yeah. Did we even think anyone would truly listen, but our family, we didn't yeah. know. No, we didn't know. <laughs> so anyway, I still feel anyone... like I'm there with my own. <laughs> like, Oh mom, you listen 25 times. Good job. Thanks. I know. Yeah. We did hear though, that you have to give it like six months to kind of get an idea of where it's going. Yeah. So we like every once in a while we're like, Oh, is that, I don't even know if that's good listenership. Like, I don't know if that's bad or good, but we're like, you know what? Let's just not worry about it. Yeah. We try months. not to get too worried and just, and just enjoy, enjoy it. Doing. Cause we love doing yeah. it. Like even where, you know, we always say like, even if we don't have a ton of listeners, if we never, you know, make this a career of sorts, like right. we just love doing it. We love talking to people like you. We love getting to know people's stories and their perspectives on life. And we've had such great guests and life lessons. And yeah. And even if fun. like, every story that someone shares only reaches a cup, like a couple people that really take it in and, and, it, it. and it means something like mm-hmm. that's worth it, you know, to me. So I think it's, I totally agree with that. I'm yeah. all about changing the one. If I can change yeah. one, I've mission accomplished. And if that one yeah. is me, that's also yeah. good enough too. Yeah. Right. So that made me think of when you said you had like the vision of the woman on the couch that you needed to help and you woke up in your dream. Do you feel like that was a rep- representation of like, one person or just a lot of people are, or do you feel like that was just your push to begin? Or do you feel like that came to pass? Like that was the one I'm supposed to help. 
In fact, I get a lot of questions about that because people will always ask me, like, what made you decide to go back to school? Especially to be a therapist, right? And so I, for sure, I don't know the answer to that question because I think there's sometimes when I'm working with a client and I look at her and she says, oh my gosh, like you have helped me so much. And it's like phrased in the exact wording that that lady used on that couch. And I go, that hits my heart and goes, you might be one of the one. Like you might be one of the one that I needed to go back to school for. And I'm so glad I did so that I could help you. And I still, from this day, it happens so often that I just think, wow, maybe it is a multiple, you know, multiple women that are all together because I don't remember her face. I don't remember what she looks like. I can't even tell you how old she is. I just know that like her heart was there of like, I've been to many people and nobody has been able to help me like you. And thank you so much. Mm. Like you've made all the difference and I would not be here where I've been if it wasn't for you. And so, and I like to be like, Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. Like, that's great. But then I have to go back and be like, but I just, I just opened the doorway. You guys are the ones that have to walk through the door, you know? And so this is all up to you. And so congratulations really isn't all mine on this. I just have some thoughts that I share and some tidbits and it works, you know? Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking you probably see the difference of clients that come in and are like ready to change and want to change and, and really take your advice and others that, like you said, maybe walk in the door and are like, maybe just checking it off their box of like, well, I I don't know. You know, when you see someone that's truly ready to Mm -hmm. like kind of humble themselves and look at themselves because really therapy is, it's about relationships and things. It's also so much about working on our own selves and facing those hard things. So yes. And helping motivate them. Yeah. You're Mm -hmm. the facilitator and you have so many, Mm -hmm. so much good insight and you know, your personality and the tools. Yeah. But it's really up to us to do with it what we will. So that is so true. And so, and I also was taught like in school, like if I take all the successes, then I also have to take all the failures. I have to take the suicides. I have to take all the heartbreaks and those are really not mine to take. And so I can't really take the successes either because it really takes, I have knowledge and I have understanding and I have school and training, but ultimately it's how I can, I can verbalize them to you for you to understand and then for you to actually make the effort. And so I thought that was always really good. And that's what releases me from having to be like, I have to help this person. And I'm like, no, I don't. They have to help themselves. And I can catch myself. Like when I start working harder than my clients working, I can feel exhausted. And then I start dreading them coming into my office. And then I have to have that hard conversation where it's like, where is your heart in this? Like, are you, do you feel like you're at a 90% or are you at a 10%? And just let me know it's okay. Cause I can, if it's a 10, then I just want to get you to 12 tomorrow or 11. So, yeah, hmm. that's so great. I know my husband always says we can't like with our kids, if they you're in a sport or, you know, a music or a instrument or whatever, like we can't want it more than them. Like we can yes. provide them lessons. We can remind them to practice. We can, you know, pay for them to be on a team or in a band or whatever. We can't want it more than them. Just like you can't want it more than your client or it won't work out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. And I have made a lot of sacrifices. Like you want to talk about transitions. I've transitioned some of my home in order to sacrifice for my clients. Like, oh, my daughter cannot make it there by that time. Can you stay a little bit later? And like, there's times when I've had to be like, no, because if the sacrifice is all mine, then I'm not the one that needs to learn from this. Like you guys have to put in the effort You've got to make the sacrifice to get her to me, you know, and find the time that will work, you know? So it's so true. 
It's quite a balance there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. sure it is hard sometimes not to care more than, you know, you're, you, you get to know them and you want them to change or get better or heal or they do the hard thing, whatever they need to do. And then if they're not in there working hard and trying, it's like, you can't do it for them as much that as you try. That is so true. So I have to catch myself on that a lot. I fall for that trap quite a bit. And then I'm like, no, Brandy, don't do it. Like the girl on the couch is like, Brandy. I'm like, listen to that second thought. You don't need to do that. <laughs> Go eat your bonbons for a minute. Need a break. Yeah. Watch, yeah. watch, watch your that Hallmark show. show. Yeah. You deserve that after Give five o'clock. Those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, we thought with this being our first episode of the new year, we would love to hear kind of your therapist perspective on going into the new year and some just tips on like. We could talk about the New Year's kind of mindset and then going into different transitions we might go through or, yeah, just take us through your wisdom. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thank you so very much. But um, a couple of things that I thought about is there's a lot of tips and tricks. One of the ones I think is watching for the traps that we fall for continuously every year. Like, I'm going to get healthy. And that is a great goal. And yes, we all should get healthy. But sometimes if we have been trying that for the last five years, going into the new holiday or going into the new year, and it's not really working out for us, let's maybe redefine the goal just a little bit more. Maybe it's not about I'm going to get healthy, but maybe it's it's more bringing it down to a simpler level of, hey, how about I just want to change my thoughts on how I see food this you know, for the next couple months. And so, or I'm going to, going to change. Maybe I have some negative thoughts about wanting to exercise. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to find ways to be positive about exercising. And so it doesn't put on this high expectations that send us into this place of failure that so often we find ourselves in. And so that is some of the tips and tricks is watching like our thoughts on things and how we're actually really thinking about wanting to do things. So, no, uh, there's a couple of things about watching your thoughts. Number one, like what is truly important? Set a category. Like, is my family really truly number one on the list? And if so, are my actions really applying to that being number one? Because if I'm, if I'm at the gym all day long or all night long when my family's at home after school, but I put my family as number one, but I never see my family, my actions are really my words saying my family's number one, but my actions are not saying that my family is number one. And so, or maybe it is number one, but you're doing other things to make it number one. So that's kind of in, important is like recognizing what's truly important and setting some rules. Um, what, like at the end of the day, what is the most important thing that I'm going to be truly proud of? Like, what am I going to feel really good about myself doing, you know, and then allowing myself to win, you know, like saying those kind thoughts, this goes back to that self-confidence, three things, right? Celebrating our successes, celebrate something every day that you did that was really maybe a little bit hard or that you didn't want to do, but you did anyway. And then recognizing a couple of like that fallacy of thoughts or the cognitive distortions, which is like the I'm nots or the black and white thinking, the always and nevers. Those are not really true words, right? So calling yourself out on those. Um, I think a big one too is like watching for your fears, like those what ifs that kind of come in. Um, the fear of the future tends to be a lot of ones that people struggle with anxiety or depression can get in the way. And remember that anxiety is thinking about the future. Depression usually tends from us thinking about the past and the things that we did or we feel guilty about or shameful for. Um, and it can reside a little bit in the future, but to watch for those, um, 
I think having the awakening, we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but this is like a really important one is be aware of how your body's responding. Ooh, I'm recognizing I'm tense. Like what is my body telling me? My fists are clenched. My teeth are grinding. You know, every time that I, I talk about this certain subject or I want to start this new goal, maybe that's really not the goal for you. You want it to be so badly, but maybe it's not because your body is telling you otherwise. So like be in tune with your body, recognize what it's trying to tell you. Um, that self-awareness doing a scan and then it's normal. Have some acceptance for the things that, you know, you, you really want to do, but maybe don't have the time to do or don't have the ability to do it or the energy to do it or the know how to do it. And then find some acceptance of maybe my goal is like this big. Maybe it just needs to be this big right now. And there's some acceptance in there for, for allowing that to be, that and then letting things go like you don't have to win every single fight you know you don't have to when you're working with family or you're trying these new transitions that you're going to do something different like watch and stop yourself you know there's that feeling of needing to control other people or to fix your yourself and be kind to yourself you know and recognizing the things like that are good about yourself um I used to have this person that would come in and she's like, okay, it's the start of the new year. Let's all go. Like we got this. We're all going to join these new gyms and we're going to go and do these wonderful things. And we're going to be 40 pounds skinnier, like come May. And this is going to be awesome. And then by like March, the team of 50 ends up being the team of five. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of those things is just be aware of yourself. You know, what is it that you really, really need to do? And if you set some goals, set some goals around, doing things that will really improve yourself and change some of your thoughts and allow yourself to be happy and love yourself a little bit more than the goals that make you feel bad about yourself. And the minute that you start feeling, feeling bad about yourself, change your goal immediately, you know, because you're falling for that trap, which is not going to produce any results for you. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. That's really good. I like that change your goal too, because I feel like sometimes we have a goal in mind and it's hard like we think if we're changing it, we're failing. But I think what you're saying is like, if the mindset is not serving us, that's the failure. It's not so changing. It's actually success, like not success, but it's like, that's the healthy thing to do. That's, yes. you know what I mean? Like that's, right. what's going to lead us to success. Not just sticking with that goal that we're never going to really reach. Yeah. So. Can we set the goals that say maybe instead of when we like, okay, so everybody that's listening today, let's set the goal for the new year that says, like, I'm going to make this goal, but I'm also going to allow and have acceptance for change in the goal if I find that it's not really serving me or doing what I need it to do. And sometimes if we can put that in there as like the buffer pad, then we're like, oh, two weeks in, this isn't really working for me. Let me change it. You know, let me make it more obtainable. And I'm going to push myself, right? I'm going to put, I'm going to put it where I can push myself. And so it's still a goal that I'm trying to achieve. It's not just this easy chick on the couch. Like I'm watching Hallmark movies, throwing in bonbons, but like really allowing myself to change because I know that that's really going to benefit me. And I think sometimes we forget that like the 1% better is still better. And yes. I think sometimes yes. we forget, like when we set a goal, we're like, yeah, we have to be a hundred percent better or I've got to be 50% better by the end of February. And that's not true. Like just getting better can mean that I'm just a little better tomorrow or today than I was yesterday. Yeah. I think that's good. I, I don't remember if it was a book or a podcast my husband was telling me about, but it was kind of like the mindset of like, okay, what kind of 
if you're working on a goal and say my goal, it's like, I just want to be more of a positive, per- an optimistic person. You know, I need to be more optimistic. I mean, that's just a simple one. I, the weight ones and the healthy ones, an easy one to go with, but I wanted to do <laughs> just mm-hmm. something different. So, yeah. And so when you're making decisions, like small decisions, you'd say, okay, what would an optimistic person do? What would a positive person do in that moment? Instead of just being like, Hey, I'm just going to be positive all year. And that's my goal in the moment. Like, mm-hmm. okay, something happened with even just a kid spill something all over. Okay. A pest, like, you know, negative would be like, Oh my gosh, I just mopped the floor and da da da. And then be like, you know what? No big deal. We just take a minute, we clean it up. I'm going to be, you know, positive in the moment. Just thinking about what would a positive person do? What would, if you're wanting to like get into running or something, okay, what would a runner do? Okay. Well, a runner would probably get up and run today. Do I want to be a runner or do I want to like yeah. bring yes. it to something else or That's whatever like- it is? Even if you're like, I want to be a better cook. Okay. Well, a better cook's going to like practice and Okay, yeah. today I'm going to try something new today. I don't know. Just take those small steps and what would that person do? But not not that you're there yet. You're just trying to become that. But then adjust is like, wow, I don't know if I actually want to be a runner. Yeah. <laughs> no, or, yeah. or whatever. Put yourself <laughs> I, I tried it. I tried yeah. it. It's not, or whatever. Every yeah. time you I know. think about running, I cry in my room. <laughs> so I need to, yeah. So maybe it's, it's probably not the thing for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's funny because we talked about that with my children the other day. We were trying to set some goals and we're like, okay, our new goal is not to talk bad about people in our home. So like your name, your friend's names are safe in our home. Like that's the big thing that we try to work on. And not more than like two minutes later, someone's like, well, did you hear what? And I'm like, nope. Like we got to stop that. Let's, we got to yeah. act upon that, you know? So calling yourself out, I think is like a good thing too, of recognize, recognizing like, we want this. We're going to fail at this. Oh, for sure. We're not going to be perfect at this. And if you think you're going to be perfect at this right from the get go, like you have another thing coming, it's not going to happen. So allowing in the human qualities, and this is part of that self-reflective of self-esteem and self-worth is recognizing I am human. I'm going to make mistakes. So in this pathway, if I can allow some space to make mistakes, that can also be really helpful in my goal making as well. Yeah. Podcast is about beautiful shifts or different transitions. And a lot of times it seems like the beauty isn't found till after the fact. It's hard, sometimes it's hard to find beauty in the transition. And so a lot of times when we interview people, I think always, almost always, it's always been kind of after the fact or maybe coming to resolution that this is or, you know, acceptance, then they can see the beauty. So I just wanted to ask you, like, if someone's going through a planned transition, if they, a career, a move, a divorce, I mean, even it sounds like, getting married, having children, like all those ones you decide to go through, you know, what are some good, you know, practices for mental health during that? Like even maybe as you're deciding to do it and as it's happening, what are some advice, you know, some advice you might have for that? Perfect. I think the number one thing here is recognizing that you're going through a transition because we can't do anything about it if you don't recognize that you're doing it. And so it's just being aware and self-awareness means that you're just in tune with how your body might be reacting to the things that is going on, such as anxiety, such as fear of the future, such as depression, such as those things that kind of get in the way. Cause we all have a really good idea on how we want things to trans transpose, right? I have this vision of having children and my kids are going to come out and they're going to be beautiful, happy kids that everybody looks at and goes, oh, look at those beautiful, happy kids. And then the kids are like pooping all over the place, throwing marshmallows at my head and I'm running into church late, right? So like having some acceptance and creating that space for a little bit of failure. And when I say failure, it's not really failure. We kind of see it as failure, but it's more of like just redirecting. 
You know, it's trying new things. It's acceptance of being human. It's allowing ourselves to like really allow ourselves to be a human and to live the way that we need to live with all the mistakes, all the chaos, all of the ugly, all of the, sometimes even we get to the point of like, of, of being a little evil sometimes, like the evil parts of us come out, but it's having acceptance for her too. And when I say her, I recognize like I have an evil part inside of me. We all do. And she's in the back, like locked up in chains, but sometimes she gets the king gets out and I don't know why. Right. But (laughs) recognizing that when she does get out, like I have some acceptance for her too. And not that it's all right or okay that she gets out and she does what she does. It's not, but it's just recognizing like, you know, I have to have a little love for her too, because there she's there for a reason. If I go down a dark alleyway somewhere, I'm going to wish that she's there, you know, cause she's going to kick the trash out of anybody that jumps out of a dark corner. But for me, it's like, there's, there's parts of that, of recognition. If you know that you're going into a transition, just state it out loud. I'm going through a transition. We're going to try something new. We might fail. We might be terrible. We might be great at it, but what we are going to do is we're going to hold space for like learning. We're going to hold space for redirecting and we're going to hold space for trying something new. If along the way we find that it's not really working out the way I had envisioned or I have plans, because that's what sets us into that depression and makes us feel like we're not good enough or that we failed. And that's not really fair to fail. So I think that's the most important thing is having an awakening. Go in with your eyes open. Do not be a zombie paddling through life, you know, just on autopilot. Because we'll fall for the traps every single time if we do. That's cool. I like that. And I also feel like part of that is also accepting like the transitions are hard. Mm-hmm. And just like the self-awareness. Even if you want them. Yeah. yeah, even if you want them, they can be hard. So like you're saying, give yourself the grace and and just the acceptance in those moments. Because I think sometimes it's our tendency to just go along with life and pretend like, oh, this might be getting hard, but I'm not going to talk about it. And I'm not going to even acknowledge it to myself. Oh. And I think that's when... Mm-hmm that anxiety and like you said, depression and things like that probably crop up. I mean, not that it's always caused by that. Cause I do obviously like want to um, acknowledge, you know, chemical imbalance and things like that yes. too, but mm-hmm. sometimes pushing down, just being able to like talk and maybe just acknowledge like, this is hard, you know, maybe, yeah, I'm newly married and this is hard. I don't think it should be. So I probably shouldn't talk about it. You know, I'm just imagining like, yeah, I think of, that with you know, marriage and kids, it's almost like, Oh, I've got my dream. I got married or I had kids yeah. or whatever it is. It should be good and happy and whatever. And if you don't, yeah, you must feel guilty saying, wow, this is harder than I thought to be a mom or whatever, like to be okay. Like I made this decision. I wanted this and it's okay that maybe I'm not as good as I thought I would be. And I need to. And I think like sometimes tricking ourselves almost to not think that it is, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong from a therapist perspective. You probably know, but pushing those things down a year or two two years further and further to where then it all just bubbles up and kind of explodes. You know what I'm saying? So, and you know, that's, we all have really big rugs for sure. We hide everything under under. Oh yeah. Me and you have talked about this, like just brush your crap under the rug, (laughs) sweep it under there and hide it. And then it's really pretty. Yeah. Smile. And then it starts to stink and starts to come out. And then it's like, okay, that's, that's why we don't brush things under the rug. (laughs) I need to deal with them as they come, but you know, that's part of being human too, I think. So, and it takes bravery bravery to like share your story and to like, which is so great about your podcast, right? Because you're talking about these things out loud. That's uncomfortable to talk about sometimes. And you're making people feel more normal for having the same feelings. 
So that's, it's being brave. And that's the part of sharing the things. And then don't forget that like sharing hard things also connects you with other people. And the connection is what derives suicidal ideations, depression. Like it eliminates all of that. It's the opposite of it. So that's, what's really cool about it is yeah, don't hide yourself. And of course there's people that are safe to share with and there's people that are not safe to share with. Yeah. And I think that being alone in some of these, you know, life transitions. I mean, I think about how many mothers that I hung out with at the park and that's how it was like, you know, when you're having our time, am am I a good mom? And oh my gosh, I just got mad at them for this. And they're screaming about that. And oh my gosh. And then you go to a park and you talk with other moms and they go through the same thing and they have the same like thoughts of like, oh, and then you're like, okay, I'm not alone and I'm not crazy. And this is just part of motherhood that I didn't know about because I had never done it before. Here's the crazy thing. I've never had a mom that's come through my door that hasn't had a fear about being a bad mom. And I always tell them that's how we know that you're the best kind of mom right there is because you have that fear. Yeah. Because we're not going to do something that we don't want to do. So we're just trying the best that we know how, right? So it's having more acceptance for our insufficiencies. Yeah. One of the things you um, talked about one time in a session was, and you drew a picture on the board of just like three people, like the past and the present and the future and giving yourself grace for someone that's past you didn't know. And then you're mad at yourself. Oh, I should have done this as a parent and I should have done that. And that's why my kids like this. Like you didn't know better and you're trying and you're learning and then not to get so, and know that this person in the future could know a lot more and could have more wisdom but be okay and just grace with your present self because you are constantly learning. You will learn more. And if you're in the mindset that you're open to do that, that you want to learn more, that you want to get better, whatever it is. I mean, we're talking about parenting right now, but it could be mm-hmm. a career and it could be a move. It could be, you know, a faith transition, like anything that you learning in the process and you're giving yourself grace for the things you didn't know in the past. And then knowing that the whole goal is to kind of learn and grow Oh, we are so good about going back and beating up our past self. Yeah. We are so good at it. Like, it's amazing. And that's the thing is, I love it that you brought that up because that is a big thing that helps a lot of people that come in my office is recognizing, like, my myself today knows a lot more than myself yesterday knew or three years knew. And then if I go back and beat her up thinking that she should have known that, I know that if she did know it, she would have done it. You know, if she had the energy, if she had the ability, the know-how, all of those things, and it worked out right, she would have done it if she had the ability and the know-how to do it. And so it's calling that out and and really stopping that from happening. I think that's really awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, and then if we shift to like an unexpected transition, I'm just kind of wanting to have your perspective on that type of thing, because some of that can be really traumatic. Mm -hmm. You have a sudden death or even an illness or you know, even having kids that have special needs, that that wasn't your plan when you became a parent or, you know, losing your job suddenly or something that all these things can be so traumatic in the moment and you may not be prepared for those things. What can you do? You know, what are some of the first things you can do in those moments to kind of get yourself in a mindset that you can have a better perspective? I think that's exactly it of what you just said is just have a better mindset because we're talking about this right now today. I just need everybody that's listening here right now to just make a promise to themselves. And of course we're going to forget in the moment and that might be the case and that's okay and have some self love for that. But to also listen and recognize like in this moment right now, I'm going to make a pledge to myself that when that unexpected thing comes up where I feel like 
I've been knocked off my boat or that things are just never going to get better. And we go to the nevers and the always, and we, we feel the pain and the sorrow and the frustration and a lot of fear for what might happen to us in those type of unplanned transitions. That's when we really need to take a hold of ourselves and say, you know, I've been here before because remember when I did that other hard thing before, or I've seen, you know, my neighbor or my friend or my sister do that thing before. And now looking back at that or looking towards the future, things do get better. I have like a one month policy, like give it one month and you're going to see a big difference. Give it one week. You're going to see a big difference, you know, but you give it a year. Wow. Like there's going to be a big difference after the year and things might still be hard. And it's not saying that all of that's going to go away, but what it is saying is that it's, you know, when you recognize it and you plan for it and you put in the effort towards allowing it to have space there to say that, you know, I just need to hold on and wait, you know, and apply that towards it, then sometimes just that awareness can help it make it not feel so big, you know, but just by saying tomorrow's just going to be a little bit better. And if not, okay, well then what? Well, I'm going to, what, what are you going to do? Then what? You know, okay, well, I'm going to do something nice for myself, you know, or I'm just going to have hope or I'm going to add grace in, you know, I'm going to talk to somebody else who's gone through the same thing. I'm going to find something, you know, and as long as it's not give up or not try, because that's what giving up is then. And if we get to that place too, that's okay. Sometimes we have to get there sometimes too, in order to really pull ourselves out and get going. But just the recognition of it can help us move on to that next step to allowing ourselves. And then it's also, I find this really interesting is that we also have to allow ourselves to win. Like sometimes I think we want to sit in the negative and I know that sounds really crazy, but I do, I get a lot of clients that want to sit there. It becomes addictive, like dopamine's released and it can be a little bit addictive to sit in the sadness, you know, especially when you're feeling so hopeless. And so recognizing that and being like, no, sometimes I don't feel like getting out of bed. Well, I just do it. Just get out of bed. You know, and, and I'm saying this with full understanding that sometimes that's not going to happen. Right. And you have to give a little bit of grace to yourself and love for that too. But if I can, if I have the mental energy, I don't feel like showering. I'm just going to get in the shower. I'm just going to do it. Or I'm just, you know, I don't feel like going out today. Well, I'm just going to do it because the other option is to sit home and feel sorry for myself. And I don't like that either. Sometimes that can be helpful. Yeah. I remember you're really good at, um, visualization and drawing on the board. And I really like that. But I remember talking about, um, a mountain and how, you know, sometimes it's super hard to climb it and you go through really steep, awful cliffs. And then sometimes you actually reach the, you know, climbing it and some parts are like beautiful and majestic and you're just kind of enjoying the climb. And then other times it's super hard and there are cliffs and you're clawing and climbing. And, and then when you think you've reached the top, you realize there's a huge goalie before you have to keep climbing again. But I think your visualization to me was like, sometimes you'll even slip down, but because you've already been there, you have the tools to get back up again. So, so it just really helped me like, you know, when you feel like you're progressing and then you have a really bad day, realize that not all is lost, that you have the tools and you've learned things to get you back to where you were on that cliff or that mountain, um, to, to, you know, to keep reaching your goals of getting to the peak and just be okay with that, that it's, you know, you're going to maybe slip and fall a little bit, or you're going to think you're almost there, but then you have a big goal you have to get through and you have to climb again. But that 
keep yourself mentally just healthy and to be in a mindset where you know what you, you know, you said, like you've been here before, you know, so-and-so that's been here in this similar situation. And this is how they mentally got to this other place of, you know, and knowing that there are going to be days where you go back to almost the despair and like all is lost almost, but knowing, okay, wait, I was in that place and I got out of it so I can do it again and I can get there again. And I think my advice, I think would be to some of these involuntary ones were to get, is to get a therapist right away. If it's something hard and traumatic because you have the tools that I didn't have, you know, or or other people don't have to help. And it does, it is an up and down thing. And there are times where I'm like, Oh, I'm doing really well. And times where I have slipped down the cliff or I'm really overwhelmed by the goalie ahead, but knowing, wait, but I'm, you know, I think even you said like a ladder, like, okay, I was, I'm on like five. I fell down to two, but I was on five. So I can get back to, I can get to six now because I've already been on five and to recognize that it's kind of, it's not just this linear, like, you know, climb or, you know, healing. It's going to take some ups and downs to get there. Yeah. Okay. So when you guys were talking about that, I was just thinking about this post that Adam Grant did going back to Adam Grant again (laughs) earlier this month. And he said, um, resilience is not resistant to suffering, resistance to suffering. It is the capacity to bend without breaking. Strength doesn't come from ignoring pain. It stems from knowing that your past self has hurt and your future self will heal. Fortitude is the presence of resolve, not the absence of hardship. And then if you scroll over, he has this little graphic and it says percentage of your worst days you've made it through. And then there's like a a hundred percent. So I just kept thinking about that when Chantel was saying what she was saying and what you were saying, what you're saying is like, if we can definitely get the therapist and get all the help that you need to get through the trauma, but also I think just remembering like I've made it through hundred percent of my hardest days. So my track record's pretty good. I may have barely made it. Like I may right. have been crawling and crying through it, but we've made it. And, and we just yeah. want to continue on that, you know? So, and I might have a little bloody fingers along the way of the crawling yeah. and the climbing up that mountain. But you know, even the celebration, that's the part of that's really cool is celebrating the fact that you did it. Even if you made it only a couple steps, because exactly. tomorrow you can make it another couple more. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other, before we wrap up, any more perspectives or thoughts that you've had that you want to share? Um, There is one more thought. The one that I find is really important is that of radical acceptance. You know, radical acceptance means you don't want to accept it, but you kind of do anyway, even though you shouldn't maybe accept it, but you do because you have no other option to accept it. And so I think radical acceptance is saying, Like sometimes it becomes really difficult in going through the things that you're going through and it's not all right or okay, but through the acceptance part of it, it provides space there for you to like navigate it just a little bit better because the option to do it differently isn't really there for you. And so through the acceptance, then at least I don't have a bad attitude about going through it or I don't allow myself to slip into the depression that could be there. Or to slip into the place of not wanting to get out of bed or the place of self-deprivation or, or, you know, not allowing myself to win. Hmm. So I really like yeah. this self, the radical acceptance. And I think just following our gut intuition, you know? Yeah. So you, you mean with that, like, if it's something that's really hard for us to accept, like, I don't want this mm-hmm. situation in my life. I don't want... Yeah. Whatever Under normal circumstances, with. you wouldn't yeah. accept it. Right. 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 And so there's mm-hmm. that resistance, but that probably can yeah. continually put us into this anxiety and depression that like, why am I dealing with this right now? So mm-hmm. you're saying 
the radical part is like, you just need to accept it and, and then you can start to heal and move on. Yeah. That's, I like that. If there was another option, I would choose it, right? Right. right. That's but where there, the radical part comes in. Like, yeah. of course I don't want to accept this, but the only choice is to. I well, mean, it's like that. There's the only way out is through. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that can be helpful. That can be helpful with anybody who's struggling with, with like loved ones who are in the process of with cancer or dying or those, those um, transitions that are not planned. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, even with my mom, I mean, my mom was sick for a really long time and there was a point where it's like, I felt like I could fix her. Like we didn't really know it was wrong for sure. And I kept thinking we need a new doctor. We need a new perspective. And if she could just get out of bed and do this or this or that, then, you know, and it was finally where I was like, oh, I just have to accept like she's sick and she's dying and I can't, wow, (laughs) I can't help her, you know, she's just, that's, you know, the accepting that. And then it was once I accepted that, then I could just accept her because I was almost mad at her like why aren't you trying why aren't you trying to figure out what's wrong why aren't you why are you trying to get better but then realizing after finding out that it was just kind of a different type of Alzheimer's and she couldn't she couldn't heal herself it's almost like she did have cancer ALS like but once I finally accepted okay she is gonna die and she is really sick and she can't fix her and I can't fix her then I could just enjoy her for the time Mm -hmm. that she had left and so the you know, it is like, okay, I just accept my mom's dying. That seems crazy. Like you said, but the radical acceptance of like, she is. So I just want to go sit by her. I just want to hold her hand. I just want to be near her until she's gone because I can't stop it. And I think it reminds me, we brought this up a lot too. Like I can't control that. I can't control many, many things in my life, but I can only control how I respond to it. Could be mad or angry at God or whatever, but if I, if how I want to control it, like not being able to control the situation, but control how I respond, what I want to remember is just sitting by my mom and talking to her and being near her until she was, until she passed. Oh my gosh. That is exactly, you just, you put that so beautifully, exactly how radical acceptance is. And so it is, it's not the norm to accept it, but we kind of have to, in order to release the power it has older over us that sends us to a place that's not good. It's unhealthy or not really functional. And by accepting it, you see how that transitioned you back over into that really cool area of being able to have like quality time left with your mom that otherwise you might've been in a really bad place to have. And so that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks Chantel. That was really nice. Great perspective. Um, All right. Well, thanks Brandy so much. You are just amazing. And we always love talking to you and it's, you can see she's like fun and also super helpful with her tools. Yeah. yeah. It's like a mix of perspective. Yep. We cry and laugh and then cry again. Yeah. Yes. That is (laughs) good. Yeah. I just read a book recently, how important humor is to just Mm -hmm. having a happy life really is just one of them was to see beauty in the world and, and to have, humor so humor oh that's super important to healing yeah it is so important um okay well could you share with us we this is kind of our wrap-up question that we'd like to end on how you Mm -hmm. find beauty in life after going through this transition so I guess you know transitioning to be a therapist and helping Mm -hmm. others yeah how do you find beauty I I find beauty definitely through humor like Chantel said humor Mm -hmm. is one of the things my father taught me that He had to go through some really hard things because he was a paramedic. He saw some really graphic things. And he said, if I don't laugh, I'll cry. And so 
we he taught me that like we really go through uh, a lot of humor in our home and so that's kind of the big thing that taught me the other thing is surprising myself um like when I hear the words like you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or pretty enough or whatever enough right I kind of go through my brain I like turn on this like rocky video or like the music of like I have the tiger or something that's really like impactful and motivating in my head and then I just tell myself like watch me watch me. Yeah. And it's almost like once I separate myself from the, I can't, you know, and that girl sitting on the couch, that's eating the bomb poms, watching Hallmark, which is not bad by any means, but it's, it's my vision of who my girl is that, that causes me not to do great things sometimes. And so when I see her and she's sitting there and she's saying those things to myself, to me, then I just look at her and I'm like, I'm like, I pull out, my biker chick, like big, bad brandy. And I'm like, watch me, watch me do it. Because when I separate myself, then I find it that I can do it. If I feel like it is myself that's saying that it debilitates me. And so once I learned how to separate and I saw her as part of there saying that to me, and it's just out of fear, she's scared. She's scared that people, the comments that people might make, or she's scared of, you know, that I won't be accepted or fit in. And once I recognize that it's just out of fear, then that's when that quote goes back into my head. Well, I'll, if I don't try, then I've already failed. So watch me and I'll prove it to you. I can do it and I might fail and that's okay. And we'll have a good laugh afterwards. But if not, (laughs) then I might produce something quite amazing. And wouldn't that be wonderful for the world? And that's just recognizing my value. I've never thought about that. Like, surprising yourself you're saying so you find beauty by surprising yourself so like thinking in the past maybe I couldn't do this but oh my gosh I am here I'm a therapist I started my own business and I surprised myself yeah turn on the rocky music you know and get it going and your blood is thumping and then just say (laughs) like put your hands on your hip and say watch me I'm totally doing this I love it. And add some humor and then that's perfect. Yeah, I love that. Well, and then I get, I do giggle afterwards. Like, I'm like, oh, that's so ridiculous. If anyone could be inside my mind, they would be like, this is a roller coaster ride, Brady. But it is like, it's funny. Add humor into it and laugh a little. And I do. I stick my, I, I'll even stick my tongue out at her. I'm like, mm, like <laughs> it looks more ridiculous here. But in my mind, it's very, it's very appropriate. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah or I'll turn her voice into like Homer Simpson. Ah, that's uh, that's humorous for sure. Yeah, or the gingerbread oh, man off of Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite day yeah. ever. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, the vis- visualization is yeah can be impactful. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been super fun. Yeah, and very helpful. <laughs> yeah, really good. I'm excited about this one. I'm really excited. So. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so we shared about your um, podcast. Can you share where else people can find you? And we'll put it in the show notes as well. But if you want to... Your social media, your your business name, and all Mm -hmm. that. Yes, so my social media is... I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Blue 
B counseling, not booby, <laughs> blue B counseling, like a blue color blue and like a bumblebee. So blue B yes. counseling, or you can find me under blue B C S like counseling services. So usually that's how you find me. And then I also have a website. It's, um, blue B C S.com. And that's where you can find all of my links to pretty much everything that you want to join. Um, if you need a therapist or referral for a therapist or be a part of my blog or my emails, um, you can definitely get a hold of me there and we can send you out all that information on how to do so. And then you can also find me on uh, YouTube and Spotify right now and hopefully Apple Music in the future, but we're working on that one still. So, But that's where you can find Therapist Table Talk if you want to watch any of my um, podcast videos that we've put out. And they're just little clips on how to overcome mental health and some tips and tricks and recognizing some of the traps that we all fall into as normal, natural human beings. So, awesome. yeah, it's great. And I also noticed you put a lot of tips and things like, like the video clips on your Instagram account too. So people, yeah, they could follow that and kind of get a few things there as well. So that is so true. And if you want to watch like weird facial expressions, why I'm dancing, like Pay you can find those that. on Instagram. And on face. <laughs> yeah. I love it. When I, when yours comes up, like when I'm scrolling, I'm like, Oh, it's burning. It does make you happy. Yeah. Seeing yeah. you dance. So whether you're comfortable or not, you make me happy when I see yeah. you. So yeah, it's, it's so fun. ridiculous. And the next ones that are coming out, cause we're filming this in November for the first of January, Yes, but yes. the next ones that are coming out in December here, I didn't even have any music to dance to. So that will give you an oh, extra little like piece to laugh about. Wow. My daughter's like, and go. And I'm like, like no music. Yeah. <laughs> Let's like, do some okay. dance moves. How do I dance? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Well, I feel like if you need a therapist and you need like, I feel like you're a therapist half like slash cheerleader. Like, yeah. you know, you cheer us on, you help us not take things way too seriously and find some humor in life as well as, you know, focus on the things we need to focus on to heal, yeah. give ourselves some grace and and you'll for sure walk away with some notes that you're like, wow, that was really good. And why didn't I think of it that yeah. way? But you have a way to say things, to take things away and, and really like work on. And so. apply to more just than just the situation, but to just all life in general. Mm-hmm. So oh, thank yeah. you. I appreciate awesome. that. Thanks for being on. Yeah, and good luck with you. your podcast. And thanks for letting and... me be on. This was actually a lot of fun. So I hope people really enjoyed it. As much as yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it, I laugh yeah, a lot. Same. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Thanks, thanks Brandy. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribed to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at Beautiful Shifts Podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. We'd like to thank the band We The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. Find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life is my own I 
again, my mind is free now. I can feel the truth in me. I'll take a chance, I won't be wrong. Yes, now it's time to move along. Now it's time to move along. Take this journey.